cool backstage and on the guest list this week, we have a legend, someone we've wanted on this podcast for a long time. He's the lead singer of Sublime with Rome, producer, fucking unbelievable frontman. Rome Ramirez in the building. Rome, how are you, brother? What's going on, guys? Thanks for the warm introduction. That was very nice. Before we get warm, I have to ask you a question. Why the hell are you a Chicago Bears fan? Man, yeah. I know. It's hella random. Everyone always trips out. Uh, well, you know what? It's just from, like, being a 90s kid. And, you know, one of my uncles, uh, my Uncle Ruben, he was just a diehard, like, Chicago fan. Cubs, Bulls, Bears. And as a kid, we would be sitting, you know, at my grandma's house, and he'd just be, like, watching a bunch of Bulls games. And, you know, I came up in that era as well. So it's just... Mm-hmm. You know, he was really the only like sports dominant, like like sports, uh, like you know, person who really liked sports in the family too. So, it was a uh, I don't know. It just kind of it just it was a curse. This so kid. this is your uncle Ruben's fault. The curse is your uncle Ruben's fault. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty we much. Need- Rome, I'm I'm out in Chicago right now. I'm born raised here. I'm a Bears fan as well. Good uh, man. I'd blame my father for passing down sports misery to me. I blame him for a lot of things. And that's like at the very top of the list. Um, What what do you got for the game tonight? It's the two worst teams in like the history of football playing. And it can't, it, it can't be any worse than what's been popping off. You know what I mean? Like it can't, I I mean, it can be though. It can be with them. They always one up themselves. Wait, who are you guys playing tonight? It's Carolina. Oh my God. Yeah, this will be fun. This will be really fun. It's just you get a bunch of, you know, you get a bunch of drinks and then you just yeah. let the kids run around and then you just like, you know, you're halfway in, halfway out. Oh, you get a bunch of drinks and bet the under. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's God. It's going to be like a Mac. It's like Eastern Michigan versus like Kent State on Tuesday nights, you know, action or some shit. Oh, like, this is big time action, action, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to take like defensive touchdowns and fucking the under, and I think you're safe. <laughs> it's going to be a good time regardless. But um, yeah, you're too no, positive man. about this, bro. These Chica- these Barstool Chicago guys don't take your attitude. <laughs> no, dude. And, well, but, he's got those laid back Kelly vibes. You know what? Like, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm not like some seasons like sports guy. Like, I'm not going to come up here and be like, oh, you know, homeboy stats or da-da-da-da. It's like, I, I've like, you know, taken sports and like kind of dumped them after like the last 10 years, especially as a Bears fan and shit. It's just like, mm-hmm. this isn't fun to fuck. Like, this isn't fun to, this isn't fun to do this anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I got kids now. My oldest is six, obsessed with football. My four year old, obsessed with football. It's a completely divided house. One of them is a Raiders fan, the oh. other one is a Titans fan. And then, so it's like, you know, I'm going to the games now, going to practices, you know, like assistant to the coach on some of these things. And I'm just like, you know what? I got to get some more football in the house again. So it's been fun this year to kind of like, you know, put on a jersey again, start Mm -hmm. watching the games and become a football house again. But you haven't learned anything from the mistakes of Uncle Ruben. You got Raiders and Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make a Patriots fans or something, goddammit. What are we doing? You know what though? It's boring always running for like the you know the the top dogs. You know, I like the underdog. I agree with that. I underdog. I come. I I I come from underdog like territory. So like, you know, I I uh, I just can connect with the underdog. No, it's Raiders country I'm out here. Dolphins fan California. right now. The Chiefs fan. You know, I'm sick of seeing the Chiefs everywhere already. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Oh, I like that. It's funny you say that because I got to talk about sports for my job on top of doing the music stuff now but 
Um, over the last hand, like especially the last two years, my sports teams have been just so bad, especially in the summer that I've been taking in a lot of music. I finally got to see you guys. So um, you guys were at Northern Island was so um I was gonna say Sublime Throne, slightly stupid. Huh. Um, few other acts. And first time I had seen you guys, it's a long time. Sublime is my personal favorite band of all time. And when you guys released that, um, when you guys got the band back together, so to speak, with Eric and and, and crew, the um was that 2011 you guys dropped the, the your yeah. first album with yeah, them? You were truly, yeah. I was waiting for that for fucking <clears throat> months and it hit. I loved it. It was a perfect like new age sublime with you, but you like hit back on that. You know, you, you, you paid homage to Brad himself. Thank so, you. uh, so thanks for like, uh, bringing, bringing it back to life over the last decade or really? so. Thanks man. I mean, it's an honor for me. You know, it's like, I grew up worshiping that band. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, you know, I when I when I got the opportunity to, you know, even, even just like, you know, meet, you know, old boy Eric, like that was like already I was like, well, all right. Like, it, you know, <laughs> that's cool. Life's been yeah, sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I met the dude from my favorite band. This is cool. That's his bass guitar in the studio. I had touched it. This is cool. You know, but then it just kind of mm -hmm. kept going and like, you know, life was crazy. Like, you know. Um, when I met him, I didn't, you know, super like fangirl out on him. I was like, I kind of keep my composure, you know, I was like, what's up, dog? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was actually going to say that too, because usually when we have like huge acts on the show, Kenny will nerd out like fucking crazy and, yeah. and having you on the show, it's like, I want to temper, I want to do the same thing. I don't want to like total fangirl, you know? And and come off as some total psycho stand like you know. Like agree, bro, stop that. <laughs> no, but speaking of fangirl, man, I remember the first time I met Rome was at an AWOL show. I think it was in New York, and we got the message backstage. No, Rome Ramirez is here. We're like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> dude. We're running out there. What's up, dog? You know what I mean? How Figure crazy is that? Like, and with the dirty heads, like we used to play so many shows together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like AWOL and DH yeah. and stuff. And I mean, yeah. even with Sublime, like on, on the festivals and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you know, and, and it's crazy, like how this music shit is, you know, it's like you, you, you build like these little like families and communities like on the road as well, where yeah. like you don't even see each other when y'all go home. But yeah. then like you spend so much time on the road when you're out there. It's like, what's up, fam? Good That's why I always you. said that like festival season is the best because it's like band camp. You're totally. like, oh, Yo, bro, we're throwing the football. We're grilling out on our fucking thing over here. Like, everyone's there. All the bands. Yeah. And yeah, no, yeah. it's it, yeah. it is, man. I mean, we were just telling some cool stories about the Cage the Elephant days and stuff, too. Yeah. All of us were, you know, it, it, was all, it was all around the, the, the same time. Just damn good times. But yeah, no, man. You that know, 2010 to 2016 uh, era of alternative. Man, we play, we had to have played over a hundred shows together. I guarantee. Yeah, it. Well, you you don't get a plaque like that on the wall back yeah. there. <laughs> I'm glad some guests finally noticed that Kenny's a fucking a jerk off and puts his plaque in the background. Said everybody. Hey, knows. so am I, man. I got three back there. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. I get I, people talk shit to me. Blah blah. blah. I got my other plaques out in the hallway. My wife talks like, to me too. It's a, it's I was like, what do you want me to do with my diamond fucking plaque? Put it in the shed? Like, hey, no, motherfucker, I'm putting that thing to up. Me, it's a good reminder to, to, like, get to work, motherfucker. Like, yeah. those, oh, it's a yeah, new one. It's great for me you know as a I mean? musician that it's a reminder to me that you haven't accomplished fucking anything and this dumbass sitting across me has a diamond <laughs> no. plaque. Hey, yo, it's also a great reminder of, like, because Rome will get this working with other bands and shit, and then they're like, they'll kind of question this, this, and that about your decisions, and you're like... 
Dude, if you had a, a dude, Kenny, you're not even privy to this. Kenny's actually producing one of the the songs for my band's new album, and uh, our other guitar player just sent a bunch of notes about the new mix. And I said, oh, Eric, yeah. "Eric, I'm gonna defer to Kenny, being that he has a diamond fucking plaque." I was like, "I don't care what you say." Dog. <laughs> All right, number one, Rome. I actually think you'll dig that song. I'll send it to you. It's fucking super vibey. Like real it, I just listened. It's fucking, it's fucking fire. But also, like, like I was telling your boys, like, yo, just. Follow me for a minute. Just follow me down this road. <laughs> I won't let you down. I fucking promise. Yeah. And then, you know what I always tell people too, you know, cause I, like you, like I do a lot of producing for artists and bands. I always tell them like, we don't like it. I'll delete that shit. Like it never existed. Right. Well, I will give you that, that five minutes back of your life. It'll yeah. never happen again. A hundred percent. You this is, it, always we, undo it. We can always change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always tell them too. I'm always like, if you want to do the same thing that you've been doing, then why the fuck am I here? Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're here. Let's try some new shit. I don't know. You know? <laughs> and then plus it's like, bro, it's on a computer. It's not like we're like building a house. Like let me <laughs> remodel this bathroom like this. Just trust yeah. me. Hear me out. Like, no, dog, it's not drywall. I'm you just going to knock a couple like, walls down. It's not a big deal. We'll put it back. Save as. I'll go save as version two. Yeah. 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 You hate it? Open recent version one. Don't give a shit. Uh, Done. Don't give a shit. Bro, with, with the with the new EP that just came out, Tangerine Skies, and being that you've been in the band now for what, like 13, 14 years almost, are you are you yeah. taking more of a production role within Sublime? Like, are are you more hands on now as opposed? To, I'm sure the early days of of Sublime with Rome, like you were kind of like like shell shocked, being like, I'll do whatever you guys want to do. And now yeah. that you've been that guy, is it more hands on the wheel? Well, you know, uh, unintentionally, but mm. you know because I've always done like producing and writing for other artists and stuff. And then with sublime, you know, it was, it's not my projects, you know, it's, it's, this was put together by Eric. So like, you know, I'm um, a partner along like his ideas as well. So, you know, who he wants to have produced the record or who he wants to work with in the record. I have to respect as well, especially him being OG, like yeah. if we're talking, you know, like, like on some real shit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Let, let's do that. But on, on this one, you know, it was like, we were coming off of like the pandemic where, you know, we, we were good. So we locked away in a studio and tried to like put together a record. Um, we spent about three weeks in the studio out in Indiana and, you know, we couldn't really like come up with anything. And, and I think within that kind of discomfort and like, we kind of took an L in that trip, you know, spent a bunch of money and didn't walk away with anything. Good. <laughs> um, you know, we kind of like grew out of that. Because yeah. every other time we've kind of just sat back, wrote, 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 felt like we got the singles, hit the studio, and then put together the rest of the stuff. Where this time we really wanted to make like a body of music and like make something cohesive. So um, we kind of like grew together in, in that in that first trial. And, um, you know, we were manning the ship at mm -hmm. that point. We didn't really, it was the pandemic. We didn't really have like a producer or anyone else like that. And, um, you know, I come from that world anyway. So I was like, I, I took on the role of just kind of getting everything going. And then when it came to doing this record, you know, Tangerine Skies, we were just like, let's just keep it how we were and keep it in house and then, and then try it out that way. So I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Producing a record is a lot of, lot of work. It's oh, definitely yeah. easier to like write the songs, especially when you're in the band, like write the songs, you know, perform them the you know the the sound and the aesthetic and even the launch of the album yeah um because that's equally as important as you know the sonic of the album but when you're producing the record you're so deeply involved in just 
the songs and the personnel and you know the budgeting unfortunately and just like you know yeah i don't i, I, probably I always can't. felt like it was so hard to use both a macro and micro lens at the same time as mm-hmm. a producer that's the tough thing because i'm talking about one snare tone on one song but also i'm talking about the whole fucking record and what it means six months after it comes out you know it's like it's a yeah yeah you, it's have, fine. To you have to remind yourself that it's forever right yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah and I can't, going back to what we were saying about convincing not convincing but like you know making arguments for different moves on a record with a band that you're producing is that i always tell Todd like is this has to live if you don't love it i will never make you do something you don't love never not once yeah. not ever right so let's think about this long term like how is this going to feel 10 years from now you know, you know I'll, I'll like uh work in the studio with enrique iglesias legend mm-hmm. man love that guy mm-hmm. and like one thing that like I learned from him and he still uses this to this day. He, he always says this. He goes, Rome, would you sing that? <laughs> would you go on stage and sing that? Yeah, true. I didn't think so. And I was yeah. like, damn, all right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good, <laughs> I, what are you supposed to say to that? You know what but I mean? It's like, so oh, true. You know, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, man, you know, uh, uh, I love you. I met you at the car. And then we'll meet yeah. at the bar. And he'll be yeah. like, <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you sing that, dog? thousand people would you say that i'm like no i don't want to say that we can get something less wordy i just want to say we can get something better (laughs) yeah that's classic producer speak the thing is i don't produce i i write songs i i don't have that micro view i'm a macro i'm an idea guy you know what i mean but like there is specific ways that individual producers say things that let you know that your shit sucks. Like I have a producer in Nashville named Trace who I love and I trust. And if I do something and I show it to him and he just goes, yep. I know. Like I'd fucking throw that out, dude. Throw that yeah. fucking out. Yep. Like Universal. Like, I don't know what to say. No, I'm just going to yup you. <laughs> yep. Or he just goes, <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, yeah, it's not. Don't like, fucking lie to me. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I throw out the, yeah, we could try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could try that. We could, or we could not. Yeah. Oh my god. But no, I mean, for me, like I'm like Dave, where I grew up on Sublime, and Sublime with Rome hit my freshman year of college. So you can imagine the fact that I had a Sublime poster above my bunk beds in fucking college, and that shit hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. But then I fell into your solo stuff. Like the one thing I've always found about you that is amazing is. You have a great ear for pop sensibility without being overly poppy. Like, where Thanks, does that man. where where does that come from? Like, did you grow up on pop music, or was it strictly more of like the reggae world? Like, where were you at? Honestly, it was. It, I'll tell you exactly what it was. My mom was top forty in Motown, and my dad was hip hop and classic rock. Mm. I was like, that's everything. That's still to this day, like great what places, I, parents, great what choices. what what I listen to and like where I operate from. So. Um, but I've like always kind of loved like the singles from mm. bands and artists growing up. I've always like, man, I just I really like that song on the radio more than that song, <laughs> like the like track 14, you know? Yep. Um, yep. and I that's just like how how my head was. And then growing up, um, you know, I, I don't know, just that that's just how I was. And then when I got into um when I did uh, Lay Me Down with the Dirty Heads, mm-hmm. I signed a publishing deal. Mm. And immediately Sony with, with Sony ATV and pretty much like the day after I signed the deal, they were like, do you want to write songs for other artists? And I was like, that's a thing. <laughs> I could do that. And they were like, yeah, nobody writes their songs. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, this is going to be awesome. So then started that, you know, 
huge chapter of my life that you know I still live in to this day. But it and and that really kind of focus it like that kind of I don't want to say train you, but it 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 sort of shapes your your um your skill set to sort of be more of like a pop sensible type of writer mm-hmm. and, 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 um, you know, you learn to operate from there for better or for worse. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, thank you for pulling that out, man. That, that's, that's something that, you know, I think it's, uh, that's just kind of in me, you know? Well, real quick, are you in Nashville? Yeah. Okay. So are you sitting in on country sessions? Uh, when I can, I do a lot of touring, but when right. I can, you know, I'm, I'm a couple of them. Yeah, sometimes like it's mainly just like my friends that I have out here. And then we'll, uh, okay, you know, See, do- I, I was gonna ask because I I I write um uh, with CSAC, so I'll come down and I'll write on in those like Nashville sessions. Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. It's not my world, so I like to take it as like a writing exercise where I don't fucking get what you guys are talking about. I don't care about trucks. I don't care about any of that shit. Yeah, I take it as like a what's the catchiest weirdest thing i can throw in here like do you experience that when you're writing with other artists where you you're you're a fucking cali guy you you separate yourself from the subject matter and you're like what works here you know what i mean yeah absolutely um i was working with this country trio uh last year they're called the sweet 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 tea trio and we wrote this song called spf 50 and um and i mean i i don't know nothing about like you know having my feet in the red clay and like you know uh you know, gator coolers and stuff like, you know, that's, it's like not, not where I come from. Um, but that's not like that, that that's not necessarily required when writing music. Yep. It's about like feeling and letting them do what they do best and letting me do what I do best. Mm-hmm. And like kind of coming to that sort of like symbiotic agreement where you trust. And, um, and, you know, we had great, great record that, that came out. Um, and, and I think like, it's that type of, like mentality that's got me into the room with some of the, you know, I mean, I've done shit with like Selena Gomez, Run DMC, like yeah. Blue Traveler, like Enrique, yeah. Jason Derulo. What? Like, yeah. Uh, Corn. Um, don't I, glance I, over Corn. Working on like this stuff for like this group called The Who. Like the yeah, H- this group who yeah wait are you talking like the the, the Norwegian like, the like throat metal band? Yeah. Yes. No bro. fucking way. So it's like you know and and. and I'm just a big music fan and I say yes to things that sound fun and I don't take myself so seriously to where I'm like, I can't learn nothing in a session. Again, it's just called operating from that position to where like I can like trust. And if I'm feeling really confident that day, I can really trust them in my abilities and I trust in their abilities and let's just put together. Like, let's let's put together today. That's the thing, man. I think, I think that, you know, who am I to say, but you know, you get in the room with all those people because of your talent. Right. But then also because of your ability to be open to a lot of shit. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of old producers that aren't like that. And I've been in the room with them. I'm sure you have too. And then a lot of the young up and coming producers, everybody, it's the same thing with like uh Colin right here, who's frozen, which is sick, but I'm not I'm his song with him. <laughs> and for the most part, like when I produce stuff, just the way it goes, I end up playing a lot of the stuff just is the way yeah. it is. But Colin's band, they're all like virtuoso musicians. So I knew I wanted to get out of, I know you guys have the talent. So I'm just talking about that relationship producer to band of being like, no, you got this. Like, I promise you got this and taking their ideas and change it this way. And I think that ability to navigate a bunch of talent in one room is what makes a producer who can get into room with a lot of people this long way. Yeah, it, it, it's a, 
I mean, it definitely takes that kind of experience, you know, it's hard to get that in LA because it's not that type of environment out there. It's very much, you know, just the art in LA dude, for my, for my producing writing career for, I don't know, the better part of like six to eight years, it was like write a new song with an up and coming band three to four times a week every week you know and have to yeah. hit it out of the park every fucking time and yeah, you yeah, got yeah. hours six to eight hours to yeah. get it all done and you know how it is and especially in la it's like nobody wants an iphone recording they want a fully produced mixed oh, yeah. master demo like all that shit it just gets uh, fucking hectic out in la where's that school what what's that high school that like if you want your kid to be like a goat in football you send them there it's in the middle oh of that's uh that's uh is that fucking uh uh what is it it's called like bishop shanahan oh. or something Yes, no, is it, like is it the one where Erlacher went to out here? Yeah. <laughs> Christian Oaks. Oaks Christian, I think, is the name of the school. Is it Oak Hill Academy? I don't no, know. no, 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 no. It's it's like in the sticks, bro. It's like oh it, it's like in the, well, anyway. Uh that's kind of like what LA is, man. I mean, it's it's like you go there and it's it's gonna eat your ass alive, but you're gonna learn some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're lucky, you'll you, you'll pop off, you know. Yeah. But like, if you want to learn how to be really great at what you do, you got to go to a place where the people are exceptional at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then if that. you're lucky, yeah. you will catch the, you know, the, the like riff of that, you know, like the, yeah. the, 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 like, you know, downwind of that. But, you know, that's, that's your, your surroundings are everything. And I'm not saying like, you got to go to like, you know, LA to make it pop, but I'm just like, if you live in like Missoula, Montana, then find mm-hmm. the dopest people in Missoula, Montana and rock 100%. with them, you know? That's how I feel about LA. Like, you know, because a lot of people will go to LA and get burnt out and be like, oh, I hate LA. LA sucks, you know? Um, but it's like, you're missing the point of what like Los yeah. Angeles is about. Los Angeles is about going there and like getting dope, getting, becoming a badass. And like, LA is about running at the highest tier all yeah. time. Yeah, seeing if you can, and then yeah. and then that that quest, you know, and you know, yeah. no one could do it forever, you know. Yeah. But it's like even the pursuit of such, you know, like high caliber performance is going to make you a beast. Yeah, not to, mention, like, oh, not to mention you get a random session with a random band, and it's the best fucking guitar player you've ever heard, the best yeah. vocal you've ever heard. Just because, and they're not even from LA, but they got flown to LA to do ten writing sessions with ten people in ten days, like. Yeah. And then the no. next year they're on tour with Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, yeah. that was that was Nashville for me. It was like uh, I graduated college and went right to Nashville. And then I remember being in a uh writing session and the drummer, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And yeah. it was the it was Brad Pemberton, the drummer of Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. And I lo- I love those records. And just like picking his brain after and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. Nashville will humble you, bro. Oh, big time. Nashville will humble your playing. Real quick. Yeah. That, that That's the thing. Like, I definitely, like, never felt out of place as a songwriter because I always felt like I have that. But as, as a musician, I was like, oh, my God. These guys walked in here five minutes ago yeah. and the song's better than it ever could have been. I tell, can I tell a name-dropping L.A. story on the same vibe? You always do. About having to play. Um, L.A., just like Rome's saying, you get put in the room with some crazy fucking people. And I got put in the room with old Billy Corgan for three days. That's who had. Tough. Arguably one of the best band, Jimmy Chamberlain and fucking, you know, like, yeah, James Eha and like all these people. And he didn't want to play a single instrument. And he had, I played drums, I played keys, I played guitar, all while he was just like, oh, God, three feet away. And you're like, bro, can you? He's a killer guitar player, too. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He rips. The just that pressure, though. We're talking about that pressure. It's oh yeah. Show up in a room and handle your shit. That's that's what makes it. You know. Sometimes I mean, dude. Like I, I had this session with. Uh, you remember that that uh, that that singer Jewel? You yeah. Know? Uh, legend, bro. She's so I I had a session with her, and you know it was like a weird day. I woke up and I was just like, I don't know if I'm like. <laughs> I was just, I just felt whack that day. I woke mm-hmm. up and I was like total imposter syndrome, you know? And, and I went to the studio with her and it's just like, just took a major L. Uh-huh. Like, I had like nothing. And then she was she like, she didn't, you know, she was at like, she didn't really know me either. So she was just like, well, I have this idea. And I'm like, cool, let's take that. And then I didn't even really like body that right. You know what I mean? It happens. That kind of thing where it's like, you know, it happens. You got to learn from that. And Bro, I learned from that so much. Like after that session, like I don't give a shit if I wake up like that. I yeah. fucking look at the mirror and I tell myself, bro, you got this. Yeah, you're, you're gonna kill this shit because <laughs> that's what you do, you know. <laughs> and, and even if it ain't, you gotta tell yourself that it is. At least on the way there and on the way home, you could be real with yourself. But <laughs> on the way there, you know, you, you who's got, the who's the most who's the most random artist you've been in a session with? Oh man, this. I've been in a session with some really, really random people. Um, it might be the who. <laughs> Real talk. Uh, but let me see. Um, I mean, Jewel's pretty random. Uh, uh, Rihanna, that's not really random. That's just kind of cool. What? But, Hold on. What the fuck? Where were you with Rihanna? Uh, there was a Rock Nation writer's camp, and she was like bouncing around from room to room. We were out there for about six days. Those writer camps are, are intense, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and like she just like pops in the rooms and just like listens and like she'll look at her AR and just be like, or yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, che- checks her bank account. She's like, Oh, I do have a billion dollars. I'm not paying for this shit. <laughs> I, I, I had a session over at J Lo's house one time, and this is like right in the middle of like the divorce. Yeah. Like uh like everything was just in boxes, and you were like going like walking around boxes, getting you were like <laughs> yeah. This is some wild energy uh, <laughs> to write a song. I took an L on that one too. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't make that the pop in that room. But you know, you gotta yeah. learn to take those L's, man. Gotta <laughs> learn, man. Stack have up. You ever, uh, have you ever done this one where like you just have to call the session a couple hours in? Cause you're like, I just, I don't think we're gonna get there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to waste <laughs> your time. I don't want to waste my time. No, totally. I had this one session with this kid named Jordan in in Burbank killer killer producer man and um i like came to his apartment and he was like i forgot what it was but like we couldn't make music for about 30 more minutes because his neighbor had to leave for work right and i was just like do you want to go get get some tacos down the street and just kill some time so we went down and got some tacos and then we like had a beer and then we went back to his apartment and then it was about like 10 more minutes left to like that 30 minute thing you know and it's like uh, you want to just like hang out, just like smoke, <laughs> like yeah, that sounds great, man. And we just like sat there and smoked like a bunch of weed and like listened to like Mars Volta for yeah. like an hour, and then like was like, all right, man, I'll hit you up. Let's, let's we do this. Didn't even pop the session open. Didn't even try or nothing. I remember my, my publisher was so pissed off the next yeah, day. But you know like, what? Sometimes it go. That relationship building is so crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I apprenticed at a studio. Speaking of Enrique Iglesias, his name was Jimmy Messer. He produced and wrote a lot of those songs for him. Uh, but it was in Venice. Uh, 
like right on Main Street, right next to the beach, Breakwater, like right there. And we used to with artists all the time, like, let's go get tacos. Let's go for a surf. Let's go walk down the boardwalk, whatever, and yeah. get shit done. But like the vibes were so good. They came back later and then we wrote better shit and like whatever. But those vibes, man. Dude. That's why I like recording out in Texas at Sonic Ranch. Oh, yeah. Sonic Ranch is so sick. You can't do nothing, dog. You can't do nothing. You just yep. hang out next to a tree outside or you get your ass inside the studio and record. There's nothing to do. There's no mall. There's no fucking bar. There's no water in a hole. Nothing. Every single songwriting session I've ever been in Nashville where food came into play, the session ends there. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, you want to go? Oh, yeah. get, you want to go get food? Nothing happens after that. You can and be the rolling. Lunch happens. Everyone's all slumped in the chair, you know, their phone on TikTok and shit. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so true. It's so true. And then in Sonic Ranch, it's just like, like, you know, the like wonderful ladies there, they're the ones cooking the food for you. So it's yeah. like, you already know two o'clock is lunch. Everyone knows that it's been two o'clock for years. So when you're there, everyone's just like, Oh, it's two. Let's break. You go there. And then when you're done eating again, there's nothing to do. So you gotta go back to the studio and yep. work on the damn album. That's why. Yeah. We I mean, Dude, that's so damn. funny. Rome. I, um, I hate to do this. I have to balance. Colin's going to finish yeah. this up with you. I just, I had to come in and say, hey, I got another meeting right now. But, dude, it's so good to see you. I Likewise, hope I get to see brother. you again soon. Blessings upon you, my friend. Yeah, man. Good to talk to you, man. Let's uh, let's link up soon, for sure. Yeah, please hit me up. See you later. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, we're, we're, like, coming to the end of this regardless because I don't want to keep you forever. But oh, you're good. You're good. This, to me, like, like I said, like, this is a, a, a fun thing for me and, and Dave specifically, like, I remember <laughs> I remember playing one of our early shows in the band and it was at a place called The Note in Westchester, Pennsylvania, where we went to college. Oh. And uh, I walked in the green room and on the wall, you had written your name. Uh, and I, I, legit, I remember tweeting at you being like, Rome, we're playing the same venue as you. As <laughs> being like, dude, he's going to see this and we're going to become friends. I know it. Never That's, did. Oh, man. Fucking 13 years later. Here, here we, we are. are. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I played the note. Uh, that was on like a solo acoustic tour I was doing. Yeah. Man, that yeah, that that's dope, man. I I just like it's fun to play like these huge spots with Sublime and everything, yeah. you know. But there's just like a certain energy you get when like you show up in a smaller room and just like, you know, perform for that really intimate type of setting. Of I don't know. It just feels like so much more. Um, you, you can connect a lot easier, I think, than when you're just like with the masses, you know, it, it becomes like a different type of energy where it's like more showmanship, at least yep. for me. And then when it's like, you know, in a smaller audience, you're just like more deeper, you know? Well, I mean, plus in that, you know, scenario where it's you, like whether or not it's it's true in your own head, like it, Sublime is a fucking name brand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at that point, like you're going to see Sublime and with Rome, obviously, but like. Was there any weird or in the early days of that, like going to shows and people being like, like, do you ever feel like judged by the fans being like, oh, fuck, that's not Brad. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Well, I mean, not really like from anyone there, because I don't think right. that they like really be there, you know? Yeah, I agree um, with that. And especially but, in that scene. But like online and shit, like, of course, you know, Sublime is something it's like it means a lot to a yeah. lot of people. You know, it's really important. Um, so it's wonderful music and it speaks to a lot of people. So anything that is like of that importance and, and, you know, is, is loved that much, um, you know, it, it, people protect that and like, mm. totally understand that. I totally respect that. You know, I'm that way about things that I love as well, bands included. So like, um, 
I can totally understand where where people come from, you know, on the online front or people who haven't seen us and stuff. But anybody who does see us live, you know, they, they usually walk away with like, you know, um, enjoying the show and, and seeing why why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I mean, but, dude, you yeah. you might be the perfect person to be thrown in that into that scenario of having to live like live with that brand because just from this conversation, dude, you're such a positive guy. And you got like such a good fucking head on your shoulders that wouldn't even rock you. So like, I want you to know, like, you know, we go in these interviews, you never know. And you're a podcaster too. You get this shit. Like you never know who you're going to get on the other side of the screen sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Dude, sure. you're the fucking man. Ah, thanks, bro. I appreciate you. No, I wanna... man, no, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a really good life. I've been very, um, very fortunate. I've been, um, I don't know, man. I've just had a really good life. You know, it wasn't easy in the beginning, but you push through it. It's a positivity and, and work ethic. And, um, and and say yes to fun shit and you'd be surprised what yeah. life will do you know and and i'm still in that you know like like i'm only 35 years old and it's like i still have all these like ideas and all this music and and you know i have like just more deeper relationships with the people that i love and i don't know i just feel like if if you focus on that type of energy you'll get that type of energy back and mm. if you really you know surround yourself with negativity and and you know like give into that type of uh, framework you know it it you'll, you'll have a lot of that so i see i don't understand how you're staying so positive when you surround yourself with fucking <laughs> loser idiots like fucking duddy which by the way i just wanted to bring this up duddy's a friend of the podcast we've had him on a, like a bunch of times oh yeah your guys relationship fucking cracks me up especially when you guys are doing pods together and shit like that like yeah. that that has to be like an all especially because you guys had that moment with lay me down where that like obviously took you and them to another level like yeah dude, that, that relationship's got to be crazy bro i mean me and duddy are like like everything that we have together like the podcast and and the band that's strictly formed out of like just like bro we need to hang out more yeah they're, dude he's such like, a good guy. the only way to hang out more is like us like putting it on the books like yeah. this you know because like our wives would be like what you're gonna go back and hang out you know you got your own girl all the time, dude oh. i got a th- i got a three-month-old at home screaming right now like i know that game it's like yo when you want when you have a kid and you want to do something you got to make sure there's a good goddamn reason you're doing it <laughs> book dog like yeah. on the body. so but yeah um, no man like we just we've we went through that whole roller coaster together um and you know i i came in and started hanging with them when they were already like six years seven years in mm-hmm. to their van work um but like you know when we came in it was like the last or when, when i came in with them it was like you know with lay me down and stuff stuff that's when it like started to take off you know like all their hard work for the last six years you know one song is like the pressure cooker. It just goes, yeah, takes you know, and, and and you see the opposite of that with bands who don't have none of that. Yep, they just like have a giant song and nothing to either follow it up with or no fan base to kind of carry them over to the next thing. So, you know, there there's definitely a thing to that. Shout out to the Dirty Heads because those guys are the hardest working band in the, in the game they, um that's i mean dude that's what's so you know? funny about today's modern age of music though is like a band like the dirty heads where they did all that road work and they cut their teeth and shit like that especially post-covid like with the way that like mid-range touring really isn't like the way it was before like yeah. i'm interested to see how like bands who do get on can carry over past the fact that like unless you're a fucking act like you're already an established act touring is like fucking impossible that's right easy. now it is so impossible, man. Yeah. Like, like artists are 
like smaller independent artists. Like you said, if you if you're not in that like caliber, you know, your your travel and all that stuff, like just you know, like salaries, everything is just so expensive. Accommodation stays, like everything is so expensive that it's like, you know, some artists are coming home with like five percent. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You know, if you're lucky lucky if you're in the green, bro. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? You know, so like the only way to make it profitable is to just do 10 months out of the year, burn yourself out, and then and then make a little bit, you know. So yeah, it's uh it's the only way to have really done that is is to somehow find a way to do it a lot. And the the weird the the weird thing is I feel like what we're doing right now is kind of this has been my whole point with this podcast is when COVID hit and we couldn't tour, I was like, dude, we gotta find another way to like do this shit. And I was like, wait, you're telling me I can yell into a microphone for an hour a week and like that might be my fucking lane? You know, like I don't know. Like that's the thing that's fun about this is like the old way kind of is dead for right now. But there's mm-hmm. like these new avenues and we'll see what happens. So like on a positive note, like you never know what the fuck is going to be the thing that hits. No, you never do. And and as artists and creatives, you know, entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it's your job to kind of like try new shit. Mm. Try it, you know, because your homeboy who's like selling insurance for Geico, he ain't going to try it. Nope. <laughs> so it's like it's on you to be like, yo, don't do that. I did that. Uh-uh. You know, or be like, bro, how'd you get this house? I did that thing. And it's yep. Worked. The hardest part is trying. The hardest yeah. part is getting yourself up to be like, oh, I'll give this another shot in a different way. It's like even that's an answer. You'll get bro, an answer. That's the that's, best. That's like even the the shit we're doing with Kenny, which is so funny. By the way, Kenny's not here. We can talk nice about him now. What a fucking <laughs> guy, dude. When I tell you, I sent him that song for the new record, and he every day for like a month texted me and said, "Send me those files. Send me those files." Yo, pussy, send me those files. Send me those files. And I sent it to him. And what we got back was like completely out of my comfort zone. But like I sat back after like three listens and I was like, yo, take yourself out of the fact that you made this song and then just listen to it and say, yo, is this cool? And I was like, oh, my God, Kenny's a fucking mad genius, dude. I love him. Oh, that's so funny, dude. I, I got this record that I'm coming out with with the Eddie Zuko and I've just been bugging him for this record. I'm like, send me the stems, send me the stems, yep. send me the stems. I've been doing the same thing. He finally <laughs> just sent them to me. Well, yeah, it's tough when I, I talk to Kenny every day. You know, we yeah. do the podcast with Kenny, so I can't even avoid him. And I was like, I don't know, man. I kind of like where it's at. And he's just like, send me the fucking files, you pussy. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he, I, it was the right <laughs> choice. So, awesome. um, dude, yeah, I got to hear that. I got to hear that. Dude, I think you'll you'll dig it. I do. And uh, by the way, I just on a last note, I think I tried to be you for like the first three or four years of me making music. So I apologize if you ever hear this. Oh, we all try to be someone, bro. No sweat. Always, bro. And that's an honor, man. You know, it's a it's an absolute honor to be able to get up here and and just, you know, share my God given talents, man. I'm it's a it's a blessing. Well, we're fucking happy to have you, man. Uh the last thing here. Uh, when we get into Nashville next time, we do a new series called The Co-Write, where we sit down with uh, songwriters and we go through their, like, we'll pick a song. Pick a song from Sublime, sure. Sublime with Room. We go from the original demo, like your original voice memo demo, all yeah. the way through the final product. I think you'd be a perfect person to do this shit with. Oh, yeah, because I have all the stems and the hard drives. That'd be perfect. All right, cool. We're going to make idea. that happen. Yeah, awesome. well, when we when we chop it up with Creed, we'll stop over after we're done. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one. Oh my god, what a fucking life, dude. Well, uh, your seat's always open. Whenever you want to come back on, we're gonna get together in a studio, we'll make something happen. But uh, Rome, it's been a fucking pleasure, man. You're the man. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too, brother. Bye.